You've tuned in to localjobnetwork.com radio where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder, a show where we interview experts about how to move up the corporate ladder. And today we're talking about effectively using your leadership story. And joining us to shed some more light on this topic is Dr. Tim Tobin, and he is author of the book, Your Leadership Story, Use Your Story to Energize, Inspire, and Motivate. He's also the Vice President of Global Learning and Leadership Development at Marriott International. My first question really is, can you share with us why you chose to write a book about effectively using your leadership story? Well, absolutely. I think some of this started from personal experience and some of it started from personal observation. And what I was noticing and experiencing was this idea that not everybody either knows how they're showing up as a leader or how they're being perceived by other people. So, for example, you may want to be extremely people-oriented when it comes to leadership and really engage people and involve them in the process, only to find out that your style is not being interpreted that way by those you lead. And so when leaders are just starting out, or if they're a little bit more experienced in their career, sometimes they, they just need a little bit of guidance. And that's really what this book is all about, is to give people some insights into themselves. There's a number of different activities that people could follow in the book to better understand who they are as a leader, and then better understand how they could communicate that as well. Do you share your leadership story with us? Yeah, absolutely. I think anyone's leadership story is probably very dynamic. Mm-hmm. And at different, at different stages in their career, it might show up as something a little bit different as they're, they're learning to be effective leaders. I think my leadership story, if I were to summarize it, starts out as I probably thought in some areas I was doing a lot better than I actually was doing. And then in some areas, maybe I was I was actually realistically doing better and and maybe I was a little bit more self-critical. And so what was happening was I was leading exactly how I wanted to be led. And that's really not the best way to go about it. You really need to pay attention to what the needs of those you lead are and then still set a strong and compelling vision and engage people in the process as well. So I think my story started out as just a little bit more I was probably a little bit more off of, of what I thought I was. And then once I got a little bit of feedback and did a little bit of soul searching, if you will, I got some greater insights into uh, who I was as a leader and who I wanted to be. Now, as a leader, what is the benefit of taking the time to develop this story? It's pretty straightforward, really. I think what you're going to do is build stronger connections with those you lead. I think you're going to also be able to motivate, inspire, and engage them. And you're going to be able to demonstrate greater authenticity as a leader. You'll be be who you are and who you want to be. Now, on the flip side of this, if you're not telling your story, who is and what are the implications of allowing others to tell your story? It's a great question. And I think what happens is your story is being written and interpreted all day in many different uh, environments and many different experiences. So if you're not telling the story that you want to want told, others are. And sometimes it's through firsthand experience and sometimes it's not through firsthand experience. So a, a real quick example of that is if you're in a meeting and you're showing up as maybe quiet and you're, you're sitting back, you may be thinking that you're interpreting a lot of the information and, and that's great. Other people may f- see that as disengaged and they may write, quote unquote, write that story 
as you're someone who is disengaged, where that's not at all what you had intended. And then what happens is over time, and I've seen this happen on numerous occasions, is you'll have somebody using that same example, maybe wasn't even at that meeting, but just heard something and they never got to experience your, your, your story or who you are as a leader firsthand, but they're going to take some, some of those descriptions of who you are with them. And then that kind of becomes even a, a bigger part of who you are as a leader, even though you didn't have any direct uh, say in that. So what are the first steps an individual should take when they're looking to develop their leadership story so they can really take charge of what others interpret them as? What I talk about in the book is I talk about there's five elements to really understanding your story, but the number one step, and I think the most important aspect of knowing what your story is, is you need to put a stake in the ground and define what leadership means to you and answer the question, why are you a leader? And so the way I talk about it is I call it know your why. So when I say know your why, what I really mean by that is understand what's been most rewarding in your career, where and how you want to have the greatest difference and have impact, what's important to you as a leader, and what inspires and energizes you. So if you aren't able to define that uh, and you've just, say, fallen into leadership or you haven't taken the time to reflect on why are you really a leader? then I think you're going to have a really hard time communicating and understanding what your story is. So from after you've defined, you know, you know your why, do you jump into determining what your goals and your purpose are as a leader? Well, I would say that that falls within the why. So a couple quick examples of understanding, knowing your why is take a few minutes and and define what leadership means to you and think about it in terms, look at the words you use. Do you talk about motivating others? Do you talk about engaging others, developing others? Do you talk about setting goals, having a clear vision? Do you talk about delivering results? What are the things that when you think of of not just leadership, but being an effective leader, what does that mean to you? And then that's oftentimes going to drive a lot of your actions. For example, if you talk a lot about engaging others, what are you doing to engage others? So that's really where I would, I would put it all under your purpose and, and know your why. The other elements that I think are really, really important, think about it in terms of story as both a metaphor and a process, mm-hmm. right? So what I mean by that is every story has a plot. And when I say know your why, that's your plot. You need to figure out what's important to you as the questions that I mentioned. Every story has characters. So think about who the people are in your story. What role do they play? What information do they want or need? How are you engaging and building relationships with them? And, and think about some of the stories you're most familiar with. There's protagonists and antagonists. And so I think in any one of our leadership lives and at different stages in our career, we also have protagonists and an- antagonists. So think about how you, how you handle and, and work with them and really leverage them, build those relationships very strong. The other one is really about conflict. So a lot of times people want to really be tied into stories because of the conflict. And, but when it comes to our own lives, maybe we, we want a little bit less of that. But the reality is conflict exists on two different fronts, one of which is the most uh, kind of overt and, and interpersonal conflict. So there's a disagreement between people. And that happens often. I, you know, Someone will have a certain philosophical point of view and someone will have another. Mm-hmm. But then there's this internal inherent conflict about maybe why you lead or what you hope to get out of uh, your particular 
your, your leadership and why you're doing that? And have you kind of come to terms with that? And then the other two, and I'll just, I'll spend a minute on that. And then if you want to go deeper in any of them, that's great. Mm-hmm. But the other one is uh, every, every story has a great theme. And when I talk about that in terms of leadership, it's, it's your knowledge, skills, and abilities. And not only is it your knowledge, skills, and abilities that you, you have, but how are you perceived? In other words, if someone were to describe your leadership in three or four descriptive words, what would they use? And are those the words that you would be proud of? Is that what you want out of your leadership? So making sure you're aligned with how other people are, are, are seeing you. And then the final aspect of story is setting. And so every great story takes place somewhere. And so thinking about how your story and specifically how your setting has impacted your ability to be at your best and how you impact others' ability to be at their best. And so those are the five elements really that kind of cut through and and use story as a way to really as a metaphor and a process. Now, you mentioned earlier that in the book, there are examples and different activities that you can go through to work through this whole process, the five elements. Could you give an example of one of the activities that you would maybe go through when you're determining your, your theme or your setting? Absolutely. So what I did is just to give the book a little bit of structure is I took those five elements that I just mentioned, and in each one of them, there's five activities and several reflective questions as well. And so some of them are going to resonate a little bit more than others. And one great example, it's one of my favorite ones, I call it Give Yourself a Grade. And so uh, it's in the theme section. And basically what it allows you to do is very quickly give yourself a grade from A to F on how you're performing at any particular instance. So for example, you can do it if you're having a one-on-one meeting and giving somebody some performance feedback or coaching. At the end of that, it's more or less an intrinsic activity. You don't actually have to write it down, but you can say, you know, how did I do on that? You know, I'd give myself a B, for example. And the grade is less important than the why you gave yourself that grade. And what I go on to say is, if something is really important to you as a leader, if engaging others, if giving people great feedback or developing those you lead, if those types of things are important and you're consistently giving yourself anything other than an A, there comes a time where you need to pause and say, what do I need to do to make this next interaction an A? It's that important to me. So is it because I didn't prepare well enough or is it because you know, I had several other meetings or what was it that didn't go well and then how can I do that better next time? The neat thing about that activity is you can do it for yourself you can do it for individual activities, like the example I just gave, mm-hmm. or you could do it for, how did you do today as a leader or this week as a leader? And again, why is that the case? And then the last way to use the same activity, it's a pretty simple activity, but the last way is you can ask those that you lead the same thing. If they bring you a project, now you have to be really careful that you're doing this in a constructive way and not in a, you know, maybe an accusatory way where you mm-hmm. say, well, if you're bringing me this report, let's start by saying, what, what grade would you give this report that we're about to talk about? And they might say, oh my gosh, you know, whatever, a B. And if they give you a B, if they give themselves a B, you can use that, well, what would it have taken to get it to an A? Or is there something I can do to help you get it to an A next time if that's important? So really what it does is open up a lot of dialogue around what's important as a leader and how not just you can get better as a leader, but those you lead can also elevate as well. 
I really like that example because not only does it really help you figure out where you might need to improve and what you need to do it, it also helps you figure out how to really communicate your story. And there's a couple of things I want to ask you about communicating your story, and that would be where should you be doing this? And when is it appropriate? And how do you really go about ensuring that the story you're putting out there is the one that you intend to put out there? The only way you're going to know if it's the story that you intend to put out there is through some sort of feedback. Because mm-hmm. the fear that I have for many people, for many of us, is that we may think we're doing really, really great at something. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe we're being really self-critical and we think we're not doing so well at something only to find out that we're wrong. In either case, maybe we're not as good as we thought or we're better than we thought, whatever the case may be. But if we rely just on ourselves to say, yeah, I'm doing pretty well, you're probably not going to get the full picture. And, And I talk a lot about the importance of other people's perceptions. So there's lots of different ways to go about getting that feedback. In the book, I I try to pick two activities out of every single one of those five areas and say, you could give this to somebody else. And again, if you have open communication and they would be willing and able to give you feedback about, you know, how things are showing up. And it's not, it's really non-judgmental. A lot of the activities, it's not you're good, you're bad. It's just more, oh, this is how I see you. Of course, there's always 360s as well. So you can do that. Your other question was about how do you go about communicating your story? And the second half of the book is about communicating your story. So first half is about, let's try to understand who you are as a leader and how you're being perceived. And is that the way you want to be perceived? If not, what are you going to do about it? And if it is, great, keep up the good work. Second half of the book is, let's talk about communicating your story. And we look at a couple different areas to do that. Quite honestly, it's not everybody is comfortable, say, standing up at a meeting and saying, hey, everybody, this is my story. And I'm not even encouraging people to do that because that that might sound a little bit self-serving. Right. So really what I'm trying to do is get people to think about who are your audiences? You know, you got to know your message. You've got to know your audience. Sometimes I call these moments of truth. You might just be passing somebody in a hall and have an opportunity to engage them in a conversation where they take away an understanding of who you are as a leader. You may be presenting something to a bigger audience, and that's an opportunity for them to hear something that you believe in. And so I'm not suggesting that all day, every day, you should be communicating your story, but there are certain moments that you need to look for that you've got to get it right. And probably one of the best and most powerful ways is what I call credibility substitutes. Okay. It's to identify other people who can speak on your behalf and say, I know what, in my case, I know what Tim believes in and you know, he, he's always looking to engage other people or he's always looking to give good feedback or whatever the case is, because then you're really getting almost validation from somebody else and they'll be your best champion. Now, Tim, we're up against the clock today, and I wanted to give you the floor for the last couple minutes to share any additional thoughts, pieces of advice for individuals who are going to be purchasing your book and going through this process. What would you say to them? You're going to get whatever you put into the process. If, if you go deep, if you take a little bit of time and, and really reflect on who you are as a leader and who you want to be as a leader, and you're honest with yourself through a number of the activities, you're only going to build a richer, stronger understanding of who you are. That's half the battle, right? Because the other half is having, making sure other people 
see you for who you want them to see you as, as a leader. And a lot of times that's going to come through your actions far more than your words. So making sure that you first understand who you are can be extremely powerful, but then being consistent with your actions and recognize the fact that leadership is extremely complex. You don't have to be in it alone. So look for what I would say would be um, other advisors, other key partners that that can give you advice from time to time and, and don't think that that's a bad thing. So reflect set goals, take action, and, and you're going to find that your leadership is in a far better place than where you started. And I would wish anyone any luck with that process because I know it's a big challenge. And with that said, we will wrap up today's show. We've been speaking with Dr. Tim Tobin, author of Your Leadership Story, Use Your Story to Energize, Inspire, and Motivate. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be here. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, send our team an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio.